0: How many of you know the input of your life is really important to God? I don't want to just say something that kind of is fleeting when it's that important. How many of you know the input of your life is very important to God? You'll never produce what God wants you to produce until you first learn to process what he's designed you to process. And you were designed by God to process his presence to release his kingdom. So we need to learn about that. and I want to walk you through some of that today. I want to challenge you in the Turn the Page Challenge very intentionally. Um, we're celebrating. I, I'm, I'm kind of amazed at how many people, uh, many actually in their 60s, one in their 70s, have come to me and said, I've been in church all my life, and I've never read the Bible all the way through until I finally took the Turn the Page Challenge. And um, there's something significant about just every day turning a page and making your way from Genesis through Revelation, even when you don't understand, there's something being awakened within you. How many of you believe God does something spiritually in our lives as we get into his word? And so have faith for that, even if it's not necessarily a storyline that you're comprehending. Maybe it's going through the various rules in Leviticus. Um, but I'm celebrating today today because Rosalia Lyra told me that she just finished her Bible on her tongue the page. So we're celebrating you, Rosalia. God bless you. Very happy for you. And um, and we're also grieving a little bit because Mark and Rosalia's youngest son, oldest son, Levi. Youngest son, Levi. Camera two, uh, Levi. Uh, actually was almost finished with his turn of the page all the way to the last book in the New Testament book of Revelation, and somebody stole his Bible. So uh, we are saddened by that. We're praying that God will actually re- bring that thing back in Jesus' name. But, um, but the thing that I want to just say to all of you, Tracy and I walked into Lexi's room this week. Uh, one evening, and said, "You know, I said, let's just go pray over Lexi before she goes to sleep. And we walk through her door, and there she is on her bed reading, have the date at the top of the page, reading uh, in the book of Leviticus. <laughs> 17-year-old girl reading in the book of Leviticus. Not very common um, because that's just not one of those books that we normally read. I'm only saying all of this to you to say this very important thing. Some of you have resisted As a pastor, what my counsel has been on this very important subject, because you feel like you've got kind of your own thing. But do you hear what I'm saying? What we are doing here is more than just you doing your thing in the Word. I'm happy for you if you've got something figured out for you. I'm talking about your children and your children's children. I'm talking about something that unlocks in their mind a simple progression so that they can be in the Word and their children and children's children long after you're gone. There's something about the legacy of the pursuit of God that I think is vitally important. And, and I've just felt like this is one of those things that I need to champion and will probably be Um, the centerpiece of what I will champion for the rest of my life because I am so deeply convicted that it is significant for all of us as believers. So I want to encourage you in the most serious possible way as your pastor today, consider taking the turn the page challenge, not just for you, but for uh, your, your legacy. We're talking about living in light of eternity, living in light of eternity, making decisions not based on a generation, but based on eternity. I don't know if you realize it or not, but like we're going to be hanging out together 10,000 years from now. It's kind of a crazy thought, but we're going to be having having conversations and talks. Eric Blanco and I are going to be having some of those theology discussions that we have from time to time. What do you think about that? What do you think about this? It's going to be so interesting uh, being 10,000 years from now all together. Do you understand that that's a reality? Like this, this life is like a mist that appears and then vanishes. It's a very brief slice of all eternity. And so we need to learn to live our lives with priorities that are born from the supernatural or the eternal realm. Not just out of what is important to us in, in the temporal, but in the spiritual. And so I want you to hear this as I we're, we're talking again. Just live in light of eternity. Luke 24 is this interesting verse of Scripture, verse 32 and it says, the disciples asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us? Speaking of Jesus. When Jesus was talking, our hearts were burning. And he opened the scriptures to us. So I want you to think about what this is saying. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked to, with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? Is it possible For you to learn to walk this out in such a way that your life is consumed like your heart is burning when you get into the presence of God to read the Scripture and just to be awakened to the greater purposes of God in powerful and profound ways. Uh, Is it possible for us to have that kind of lifestyle? I mean, we've had those types of encounters, right? amazing encounters, great experiences like a service gathering where we just know God was there. Is it possible to have that burning in our heart in the way we live our lives every single day? I believe it's not only possible, I believe it's biblical, and I believe it's God's plan for every one of us that our hearts be burning with a sense of eternal value and purpose in the way we live our lives. I am truly convicted about what I'm saying this morning that needs to become more of a lifestyle. God's going to take a deeper penetration to our revelation and understanding of this so that we then can become people who choose daily to live in God's presence. So last week we talked about this, uh, what do you see, and how Jesus was constantly looking up And when he fed the 5,000, he broke the bread. What did he do? It says that he looked up to the heavens. As he raised Lazarus from the dead, what did he do? It says he looked up to the heavens. It's almost as if before he was doing these miracles, he was looking up to heaven to get the eternal perspective of God or God's abilities to do what God was asking him to do in the earth. So what do you see? Are you seeing the right thing? Because the input of your life is really important. I want to just point something out to you in regard to the input. We are now going to be more intentional about helping you develop the input of your life than we have ever been as a church. And I want you to hear me as I say this. We are going to be more intentional about this with not just teaching, but now training and equipping and deeper levels of mentorship and discipleship. And we're going to be hosting the Destiny Christian Leadership Institute that will be starting very soon as we step into the month of August. It will be here. And so I want to encourage you, This these classes are going to take place on Sunday nights at 5.30, and they are going to be three-hour classes on Sunday evenings. This is like... Uh, college coursework in a sense, okay, literal curriculum. In fact, if you're interested in college credit, then we can help you actually get college credit with some of the coursework we'll be taking, both bachelor's and graduate level. How many of you know we're getting serious here? and I want to encourage you to prayerfully consider growing deeper in your faith by being a part of this. We're going to have an interest meeting, you might mark it down, last Sunday of July. At 5.30, the time the classes will normally be held, the last Sunday of this month on the 28th, we'll have our morning services. I'll be reminding and encouraging. And then that evening at 5.30... We're going to go upstairs. There's an elevator and stairs right out there, and you can go upstairs in the very middle of our second floor, and that's where our child dedication reception is happening today. The families who've brought their children uh, will be having a reception up there as well. But 5.30, July 28th, and I encourage you to come with any question you have, and we're going to talk through some details. I appreciate our director, A.T. Hargrave, and his comment. Some of our staff were meeting this last week, and he said, Uh, Let's make sure that our church family knows money should never be a reason you don't attend these classes. And So we'll talk with you even about those details, but this is a full-on institute with costs for classes and so on, and, uh, and again, even a, more of a cost if it's college credit hours, depending on what, we're trying to, what you're trying to accomplish, and we want to partner with you in that process. But don't let anything talk you out of at least coming to the interest meeting, and let's pack the place. In fact, let's have to move down here. We have so many people show up on that uh, July 28th, 5:30. Living in light of eternity. Why do why, why we do all this? I just want you to know we didn't have to do this. There are a lot of things we do that we don't have to do. But the reason we do as a church family the things that we don't even have to do, because we can function and survive and, and do what we need to do in the business of church without really imposing a lot of these self-impositions that we do to try and really help people grow deeper. The reason is because it is vitally important that all of us understand the eternal perspective of God in everything he's called us to do. Leonard Ravenhill made this statement, and I, I mentioned it last week. I just want to reiterate it to you. Five minutes inside eternity. You know that one day you're going to close your eyes in this life and wake up in another. You do realize that. Five minutes within waking up in the next dimension. This is where Ravenhill's saying, five minutes in eternity, and we will wish we had sacrificed more, wept more, grieved more, loved more, prayed more, and given more. I believe five minutes in eternity, and we're going to have a perspective that, folks, we don't have to wait until we die to learn to behold the eternal perspective of God. Once you get a hold of this, it will change the way you live, the way you love, the way you serve, and the way you give. And I encourage you, come on, let's, let's believe God for 70 acres across the street. Let's believe God for the dream center that God wants to birth out of this house so that many people can come and get help. Let's believe God for the, um, the home for unwed mothers. Let's believe God for multiple ministry expressions. God is speaking some things, stirring my heart. I cannot wait to start getting into what I believe to be the 2020 vision of God for the church. And the Lord is stirring some things already that I know you are carrying much of the vision God wants to awaken and enlighten uh, in your heart and you don't even know it yet. And in fact, one of the classes I'll be doing in the institute is about how to discover and develop the dream God's already placed in your heart and set that strategy into motion to walk that thing out. And I'm going to be bringing that on Sunday mornings as well just to awaken that more and more and more. Only God's presence. Jesus kept looking up. He kept looking up. Only God's presence can enlarge the soul as God intended to enlarge the soul. And when that happens, the little lusts of this world lose their power on our lives. You were actually born to process something more than just selfish, puny little pursuits and desires that tend to hold us hostage called addictions of this world. How many of you know those addictions don't have power over you when you have an eternal perspective that God awakens in your heart? Suddenly you just see something so much bigger. It's like, why would I even bother? God's deepening something in this room right now. Do you believe that? And so today, last week we focused on what do you see. Today I want to talk to you about what do you say and how significant those things are uh, together, why those gel together, why I had to focus on what you see before I began to focus on what you say. Any speech pathologist will tell you, we actually saw a speech pathologist um, with Faith as, as a child, growing up, learning to, to conquer some of the speech challenges she had. Any speech pathologist will tell you that uh, if a child is having trouble speaking, They do not examine the mouth or the tongue, they examine the ears. You know why they examine the ears? Because what you're hearing dictates what you're saying. What you're hearing defines how you say, what you say, where you say it. It's important that you really understand the value of what you're hearing. They check the ears. Because what you're speaking is always the result of what you're hearing. I promise you in your life, what you're speaking is the result of what you're hearing. How many of you have ever, uh, let me just talk to some parents in the room. Raise your hand if you're a parent in the room. How many of you have ever heard your parents' words coming out of your mouth? I know that's right. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. Like all of a sudden, I, like, I just heard my mom and I was talking. I just heard my dad and I was talking. Like what I was hearing growing up is what I'm saying now in many respects. And that has had a dramatic impact on your life. This is why Jesus, let's translate this into a spiritual reality. That's why Jesus said in Luke 8 18, uh, be careful what you hear. Be careful what you hear. Be guarded what you're listening to. Don't pay attention to the wrong stuff because if you start taking in the wrong stuff, it's only a matter of time before you'll, you'll figure out that you've actually been producing what's coming in and you'll begin to release that to the world around you. This is why Jesus is so concerned with the input of our lives. It's your first blank if you'll write it in. Jesus is concerned with the input of our lives because the input of our lives determines the output of our lives. What goes in will come out. What goes in will come out. Some of you know, I'm talking to parents again, some of you know what it is for your child to come home saying something that is not consistent with the culture of your home. Where did you hear that? Who put that idea in your head? Anybody ever said that before? Somewhere they heard something that they did not hear in the home, and now they've tried to bring that into the home, and sometimes you've got to squash what has come into the home by addressing the root and the seed of where that came into the head before it ever came into the home. The input of your life is so important. When when the input of your life has eternal value... Now I want you to hear this, when the input of your life has eternal value, then the output of your life will have an increased measure of supernatural power. I'm not just talking encouraging words or coaching concepts today, I'm here today by the Spirit of God imparting something into an atmosphere that literally impregnates the atmosphere with an anticipation for something supernatural to be awakened within our hearts. Miracles are waiting for us to embrace what God wants to release. We don't operate on a natural level. We operate on a supernatural level. Natural level is not enough. We need to couple that with a supernatural capacity that you were created and designed by God to carry to your world. When the input of your life has eternal value, when you're in prayer, when you're when, when you're reading the scripture, when you're paying attention, not just reading the book, truly sitting with the author, letting him minister the things that you've just read into your heart, into your mind, awakening something within you. When the input of your life has this eternal value, the output of your life will have an increased measure of supernatural power. How is it in the Bible if somebody could walk along and their shadow would heal somebody's physical body? That's absurd. That's ridiculous. That's not possible. All things are possible to him who believe. God wants to awaken an army in the earth that will carry a measure of supernatural power. Come on, help me today. Every person being awakened to the eternal purposes of God. In the name of Jesus, God wants us to live in light of eternity, to carry that to our world. James puts it this way, and, and this is, I'm just gonna target this. Some of you in this room, uh, you have allowed yourself to become way too negative. I'm serving notice on negativity today. How many of you have negativity in your life that needs to be addressed and dealt with? Just raise your hand right now. We're just agreeing. Deal with it, Lord, in our hearts, in Jesus' name. Let me explain something as we look at this. In James chapter 3, verse 4 and 5, a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. How many of you know sometimes in life the winds will get strong? How many of you have ever endured a storm or two in your life? Even when the winds are strong, that small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go. The pilot chooses to go. The pilot chooses to go. Let's say it all together. The pilot chooses to go. I want you to know you are the pilot of your destiny. Stop blaming everybody else and everything else and be the pilot God has called you to be. Use the rudder to sail through the storm and do it in a way that aligns with what God's Word is telling us to do in this. In verse 5, in the same way, here's the parallel with the rudder. A tongue is small but makes grand speeches. The Bible is saying that in the same way a small rudder navigates a ship through a difficult storm, so the tongue, a small rudder, navigates your life through a difficult storm. Winds are going to blow. Storms are going to come. Challenges are inevitable. Courage is optional, and fear or faith becomes a choice you make depending on the input you have chosen in your life. Deepen us in this, Lord, I pray. Help us to see not just the issues that are coming out of us, but the reason they're coming out of us. And we evaluate, Lord, the input of our lives as we more effectively address the output in Jesus' name. I want to just encourage you, when winds blow and storms come, resist the temptation to rehearse the storm. Resist the temptation to magnify the problem. Resist the temptation to magnify the sickness. Resist the temptation to magnify the lack of money. Resist the temptation to magnify whatever it is that's trying to attack your faith. Resist the temptation. Don't say things like, well, I just never have enough money. I just can't get past this sickness. I'm I'm, having my friend got married. I'll never get married five years later. Boy, this marriage is driving me crazy. Oh, if I could only have kids five years later. These kids are driving me crazy. Do you understand? Anybody who knows anything about boating knows that you actually need to steer your boat into the waves when a storm comes to keep the boat from capsizing. I want you to hear what I'm saying. You don't just drift along hoping the storm goes away. You steer directly into the wave, directly into the storm. How do you do that? You use a small rudder that we see in Scripture, aligns with the tongue, and you begin to stand. The storm comes from the side. You weren't expecting it, and what do you do? You stand up, and you face that storm, and you declare in the name of Jesus, I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I'm not going under. It's not my time. My time is not yet. I am strong in the Lord. Let the weak say I'm strong. Let the poor say I'm rich. Come on, celebrate and declare it today. God is awakening something within your heart, within our hearts. He's deepening us to understand. Stop complaining and start believing. Do you understand the sound you make attracts another realm? How did you get saved? You believed in your heart and you made a sound. And that sound was the sound of faith. And it captured God's and heaven's attention. And you suddenly entered in to a salvation experience with him if you have given your life to Christ. Some of you need to make that decision today, and all heaven stands in attention as you make a sound of faith, and you believe God, and you step into that dimension. But you need to hear what I'm saying, because there are not just angels in that other realm. There are also demons in the other realm. This is not just some, some fairy tale. This is reality that we need to understand, and we need to learn to address. The worst fight you can ever be in is the fight you don't know you are in. And when you're complaining, you're attracting demonic realms to come and respond to the, the attitude that you carry. But when you're declaring in an attitude of faith, you're attracting all the realm of heaven of the angels declaring. They're pulling their swords. They're standing at attention. Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to minister to those who have inherited salvation? Hebrews chapter 1? Hmm. There's a whole sentence in that when I go, "Mm," that's a whole sentence right there. I can't get the whole sentence so I just have to (laughs) say, you have the God-given capacity to keep your peace and calm the storm if the input of your life is right. Jesus showed us You can sail into the storm without ever letting the storm sail into your heart. When everybody else had lost their mind, he stood up, and the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. He stood up, and what did he say? Look at the storm, look at the storm. That's not what he said. He said, peace, be still. And that which is within you has the power to transform the world around you because that's the nature of the kingdom of God when you get the input of your life right. This is all through Scripture. It's amazing how much the Bible tells us to make declarations. I, wanna, I, wanna just, I want us to make some declarations today. I want to ask you just to put your things aside, just stand to your feet like the mighty soldiers of the army of the living God that you are. And I want you to hear this as we prepare our hearts to make some bold declarations today. Joshua chapter 1, do not let this book depart from your mouth. Isn't that interesting? Don't let the book of the law depart from your mouth. You would think a book, you wouldn't want it to depart from your mind. But the Bible actually says, don't let the book of the law depart from your mouth. That means the book of the law needs to be in our mouths. That means we need to be declaring the promises and the truth in Scripture every day that we live as a, as a lifestyle, living in light of eternity, beholding the eternal perspective of God, releasing that which God has inputted into our hearts and our lives. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. How many of you wish that prosperity and success would just come your way? You know I'm I'm tricking you just a little bit when I say that. It's okay. To God delights in the prosperity of his servant. So we're not afraid of understanding that reality. But I want you to hear what this says. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Once you begin to make that declaration in your own life and live with the eternal input of God, it awakens something of the blessing of God. You don't have to chase the blessing. The blessing will begin to chase you. Joel chapter 3 tells us, let the weak... Say, I am strong. Why don't you just say it? I am strong. Why don't you say, I'm rich. I am rich. Why don't you say, I am blessed. blessed. There's something significant about what I'm saying. You ought to wake up in the morning and begin to speak to your day. Don't let your day happen to you. Happen to your day right off the bat. Don't you love Psalm 91, protection? The protective hand of God resting upon God's people. But did you notice that in Psalms 91, before it tells us all about all the angelic protection that we have, it actually says, Psalm 91 too, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. I will open my mouth and say. You know, whenever I say, all right, let's pray, let's press in. You shouldn't just sit there and muse and meditate because Jesus said, when you pray, say there's a sound we ought to make that's born from the faith that's in our heart when we begin to pray there's something significant about your sound as I was reading this last week I read in Psalms 118 it says let Israel say his love endures forever let the house of Aaron say his love endures forever let those who fear the Lord say his love endures forever there's something about saying it thank you Lord I thank you, Father, there's something we are uh, we're designed to release in these moments together. We've had a little bit of input from you, and I pray, Lord, now we'd be able to process that into an expression that would not only be honoring to you, dignifying to others, but expanding to the work of God in the earth. Lift up your head, O you gates. What an amazing verse of scripture that is. We are the gates through which heaven enters earth. So come on, let's declare it today. I I want you to. uh, My spiritual father, Dale Gentry, has made these kinds of declarations for many, many years, and I want to ask you, with all of your heart, with fortitude in your expression. I want to. I want to ask you. Let's say some declarations together. Will you say these after me? This is a good day. This. This is what we do every morning when we start to wake up. Now say it again. This is a good day. This is an amazing day. This is a wonderful day. I'm a mighty man of God. Now, you got to use your own gender in that. My girls, every morning we would say this, and I would say on their behalf, because they were really little, I'm a mighty woman of God, a mighty woman of God. And one Saturday morning I woke up and I started saying it myself, and I by myself said, I'm a mighty woman of God. I thought, okay. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I'm going over. I'm not going under. Those who can be denied, they will be denied. I will not be denied. We will not be denied. We are strong. We're full of power. We're overflowing. All that God desires to release into our world, we embrace from his heart. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen and amen and amen. Thank you, Lord, for your strength. Thank you for your life. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you, Lord God.